Share the gospel at his pre-anniversary. And I believe they're, they're somewhere, what, 20, 22 years in ministry. Can't see the head nods. Nobody knows. I mean, it's 22 years or so in ministry and him as, as the pastor. So we're going to go down and bless with glorious praise, with word, and fellowship. Amen. While you're yet standing on your feet, I want you to go with me to the book of Joshua. Joshua, the fourth chapter. Uh, last week... We were in the Red Sea with Moses. This week we'll be in the Jordan with Joshua. Joshua, the fourth chapter. If you don't have a Bible, simply raise your hand. Uh, hospitality will provide one for you. Amen. We have a great hospitality team. Thank God for that great staff. Yeah. Great staff. Praise God. Joshua 4 and 14. Uh, just bear with me. It's a few... It's a few verses here when you have it say read pastor y'all just want me to get out your way let's go the bible says so Joshua called together the 12 men he had appointed from the Israelites one from each tribe and said to them go over before the ark of the Lord your God into the middle of the Jordan each of you is to take up a stone on his shoulder according to the number of the tribes of the Israelites to serve as a sign among you in the future when your children ask you what do these stones mean tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off <laughs> before the ark of the covenant of the Lord when it crossed the Jordan the waters of the Jordan were cut off if you could cut those fans off please and these stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever so that Israelites did as Joshua commanded them they took 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan according to the number of the tribes of the Israelites and as the Lord had told Joshua and they carried them over with them to their camp where they put them down Joshua set up the 12 stones that had been in the middle of the Jordan at the spot where the priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant had stood and they are there to this day then says, now the priests who carried the ark remaining standing in the middle of the Jordan until everything the Lord had commanded Joshua was done by the people. Just as Moses had directed Joshua, the people hurried over. And as soon as all of them had crossed, the ark of the Lord and the priests came to the other side while the people watched. The men of Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh crossed over ready for battle in front of the Israelites as Moses had directed them. About 40,000 armed for battle crossed over before the Lord to the plains of Jericho for war. That day the Lord exalted Joshua in the sight of all Israel and they stood in awe of him all the days of his life just as they had stood in awe of Moses. Dear Father God, we thank you for blessing your word. We pray that the hearts and minds of your people they be receptive and that we remove anything that's not of you so that you can get all the glory and that you can be magnified and that we exalt you in all things. Amen. Amen. Help me uh, preach this message this morning by turning to your neighbor and tell your neighbor you will not die in the process. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. You will not die 
the process. You will not die in the process. That's a word for somebody. You, you will not die in the process. 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 Man, I got all, all types of things are running through my mind right now. You will not die in the process. That's a, that's a personal thing to say. You will not die in the process. Pastor, you don't know what I'm going through. I, I said you will not die in the process. They gave me 24 hours. I said you will not die in the process. They said I had something that's considered terminal. You would not die in the process. Pastor, you don't know. You don't know. You, you would not die in the process. All right, let's, let's do this. I, I was uh, thinking about this message and said to myself, self, you've been living long enough in these young years of life to know that there's been a time when you've tried to move ahead and progress in this life. But there's an instinct to hold on to any and everything and often everyone of us that have gone through something come to this place and position in our life where we struggle with advancing forward because we're yet still holding on to something in our past. But there are things, we would say, in the pursuit of our promotion, if you will, our upward mobility, that if you are going to make progress, there are some things that you're just going to have to let go. Tell your neighbor, let go. Let go. You can't fill your mind and spirit with what God has for you, which is new in your mind and spirit, and still be occupied and possessed with that which is old. Good gracious. I want to have marriage counseling for a minute. Israel, the chosen people of God had Spent, let me give you a little history. Spent 400 years of slavery in captivity under Pharaoh. And it's going to sound familiar because we've been preaching concerning the Israelites in Pharaoh. And remember, last week we were dealing with Moses. This week we'll be dealing with Joshua. But don't you realize, know that you can be destroyed by living by what your enemies say you are. You can be destroyed by that. And I was reading and studying. I heard a man say that when they used to call him out of his name, he was clear that he would not respond. Watch this. He would not respond because you can become what your enemies call you. <laughs> uh, he says they were treated like slaves. The Israelites were treated like slaves and treated like a nobody. And they placed limits on their ambitions. I'm talking about these slaves. And you've been there before. They were told that they could not do and what they could not do, and they were told what they could do, and they were told that they couldn't go here or go there, and the places that they can go, and they was under the regime of what we know to call him as Pharaoh. But now they are 
tasting freedom for the first time, similar, and God is persuading them to move to a place of promise and a place of prosperity. God named this place for them the land of Canaan. Canaan was more than a physical resting place flowing with milk and honey. And every time we teach on uh, Canaan, we always talk about a land flowing with milk and honey, but it was more than that. Canaan was the place beyond the reach of slave owners, taskmasters, and where oppressors could no longer control them and they had no longer any more say over them. And after the bitter encounter, after the bitter encounter with Egypt, after the bitter encounter with Egypt, do you realize that they can was at this place after that bitter encounter and they was far from the oppressor and the taskmasters and something began to change in their life because the Bible teaches that after that bitter encounter that they struggled because they were had resentment and struggled because of the loss of their past leader uh, by the name of Moses and God is moving and God is moving his people to a more uh, psychological recovery because anytime you move into a new destination, you got to have an understanding that God has to change your mindset first. And that's why it's important not to struggle and jump from relationship to relationship because there are often times in your life where you're going to try to advance and you wonder why I'm not advancing. And in the physicality of things, it looks great and things are tangible. But inside the internal memory of your mind, you're struggling because you have your past of yesterday still standing. Uh, so there's a struggle with God's people and God is trying to advance them into a new move. A new call, a new era. A uh, New people, if you will. And the old generation, watch this, had had died off, and we did a teaching on that for about two or three months, so those of you all that tuned in know what it is concerning God's people. And God is trying to free them from their deliberating fears of their past, but they have this instinct to hold on. You know anybody like that? They have this instinct to hold on to what God wants them to let go. And I struggle with talking with people like that because we're talking about something new and into the future, and all they bring up is their past. I'm trying to advance them into the place that God wants them to be in, wants them to grow in, wants them to become. And all I keep hearing coming out of the mouth is what it used to be. You know, I get sick and tired of people, Chris, talking to me about what their former church used to do. Well, that church is gone and that pastor is no longer. And I'm your pastor and this is your church. So let's move in advance to a new place, a new destination. Hey, man, it's not a denomination, but it's a God move. It's a kingdom move. It's another flow, another, another chance, another opportunity to have a different type of destination. And God wants us to advance. Have you ever experienced anything? Anyone from your past you've had to recover from in your life. <laughs> if they're sitting in the building, don't look at them. You've had to recover from some folk. I've had to recover from some of y'all. I can't point you out this morning, but I've come to tell you that I have overcome. <laughs> I've overcome what you said at my table. Good God Almighty. Anything that you have to struggle over, you had to let go. You're trying to figure out, is it me? Is it me? Was it you? Don't worry. We've been already overcome. Come on, come on. Anything that you had to struggle over, you've had to let go. You had to pray over. You had to cry over. You had to fast over. You had to go to counseling. In fact, you are still, watch this, in therapy, now trying to get over your past. Your past can be 
that joker. I, I, I ain't talking about the movie. I'm talking about the one that you said God placed in your life. Oh, he or she was a blessing, but now they're that joker. That they're this person. They're this terrible person. But when they was when they was buying you everything and sending you flowers, they was the best thing since sliced bread. <sighs> some things that we struggle with. Someone was uh, meaningful to to you that hurts you, and there's a struggle. It was a close friend that betrayed you. That was a struggle. That was a person who rejected you and you and the same blood and the same family and you're struggling. Or could it be, like this one, could it be the church that hurts you? <laughs> uh, could, it, could it be the church that hurts you? You know, we get that a lot. You know, you know church hurt. Church hurt. Everybody talking about church hurt really haven't experienced church hurt. Uh, you've experienced that they wouldn't let you do what you wanted to do does not equate to church hurt. They hit it like church hurt, church hurt. Really know what church hurt is. If you go through church hurt, you really have an understanding of what it is. Church hurt doesn't really first yet attack the emotional. There's a, there's a, there's a physical element, then there's an emotional element, and we struggle because we don't know which it is, and we don't know if this is church hurt or just an, an ignorant person speaking out of their mind and mouth and don't know any better. You can't equate church hurt with uh, 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 troubled people, individuals. The reason why we equate so much church hurt dealing with people is because we confide in people who have been hurt by other people who are a part of a church. That's not church hurt. <laughs> oh. Sorry, Chris. That, that's not, that's, that's not, that's not, that's not church hurt. I ain't got time to go into that. That's not church hurt. So we struggle with that, and we struggle because we have people and persons in our life that turned us off, turned us down, turned us away. And have you ever had one of those encounters in life where life has taught me that no one is exempt from the pains of letting go? No one, not, not one in this room are exempt. Isn't this what God told Moses? He said to go and tell Pharaoh to let my people go. But Pharaoh had a hard time with it, and the people of Israel are now having a hard time when Moses had died and they had a hard time letting go with their leader that God placed in their life. It's crazy because there was a moment where they loved Moses and then there was a moment where they hated Moses and now they want Moses back and now Moses is dead. You now folks say, you know, you're going you're gonna to miss me when I'm gone. <laughs> I believe Moses was saying that, you know, Moses had to go through some stuff that he really didn't want to go through but the people people y'all know I'm right the people made it bad and so we too are guilty at times of telling people to just hold on brother hold on sister hold on uh, but that's not where the struggle is the struggle is not holding on that's not where the struggle is because it's not the holding on but it's the letting go <laughs> we think the struggle is holding on to something but it's the letting go Ooh, it's a difference there's a paradox there. It's, it's the letting go. And yes, yes, letting go. What are we letting go of, Pastor? We're letting go of our bad images. Come on. We're letting go of our stubbornness. We're letting go of our resentment and pride and letting go of our fear and our lust. Letting go of low expectation. Life. I'm only 29. Life has, has taught me some things. Somebody called it. Life, life has taught me some things that in order for you to advance and move forward, You've got to let some things go. You've got to let some people go. You've got to let some thoughts go. You've got to let the past go. I'm amazed at sometimes how I embrace people 
who at one point in time tried to take my life. I mean, I'm taken aback at myself. Say, boy, this can't be you. This, this has to be God because you, you wouldn't do this. We wouldn't do this. You know why? Because we're not that good. It has to be God. People with low expectations, struggling with fear. And you know, what, what, what gets me at the greatest is that I see so much potential in people. And I see them, I see them further than they see themselves. Everybody needs somebody like that that can see into one's future to see the advancement that God has for them. Everybody can't see it. That's why it's important for you to be obedient where God is leading you to go because you might be in a position to help somebody advance into the next season of their life and they're stuck in the rut, but God sent you into the picture of their life to talk to them, to speak to them, not just to pray for them, but to speak life into their situation. It's not for you to understand and rationalize where God is taking you. You think Abraham sat there and, and, and fought with God? He told him to go to a foreign land, leave your family and leave everything that you have. And I'm going to send you there and make you a father of many nations. Oh, really? A lot of us are stuck in the past, struggling. And life has a way of teaching us things. Life has taught all of us about letting go. And when you let go, it leaves you scared and struggling. And sometimes fear takes over and anxiety takes you over and you're struggling with advancing because you don't know what's on the other side. And what happens is it leaves you suspicious or stained and yet God endeavors to get his people to a place where they have to let go. Somebody say training. But it's not easy. It's not easy to especially let go and with your expectations when your expectations have been damaged. Oh. Your expectations have been damaged and, and, and your expectations of that person were damaged because they didn't turn out the way that you thought they were going to turn out. And the church didn't turn out the way you thought it was going to turn out because you had certain expectations and, and God is, is challenging us to let them go to go into something new because it's really not about what you thought it was going to be. It's about what God said it was going to be. It's not easy. It's not easy. The Israelites had expectations. They had been damaged because you heard when they were with Moses that they were complaining and rumbling in the wilderness. And that's what happens when things don't turn out our way as we expect it to be. God knows something has to be changed in our thinking patterns, talk to him, pastor, and our believing systems if we're going to get where God wants us to go. How God goes about this is methodically, I mean, it's just, you know, troublesome, struggle. Because God is mysterious. That's why we struggle with God, because we can't figure God out, because his thoughts are not our thoughts, and our thoughts are not his, and there's a struggle because we try to make sense of everything that God is doing. That's a word within itself, and it's unconventional the way that God goes about doing things, and if they're going to go and advance forward and reach destiny, it would not be without a battle. Tell your neighbor, you can't do it without a battle. Can't do it without a battle. It's going to be another struggle, another challenge. And it will be without a test of faith. It cannot happen without God testing 
your faith. It cannot happen without God testing your faith. Why? To believe that God will do what he said he will do. It will not be without a challenge. It will not be without another mountain that we will have to cross, another river. They would have to cross. This time, they are facing another challenge, another obstacle, a Jordan River, and not the Red Sea. You mean to tell me that I have to go through this again? We just crossed the Red Sea with one leader, and now you're telling me that we face it with another body of water? God, are you kidding me? I've come through this. I thought I was healed from this thing, and now I'm facing another issue in my life. Oh, I feel like preaching right now. I'm facing another issue. I've, I've been divorced one time, and now I'm faced with another issue with another idiot. Whoa! I'm struggling because I've been healed from this and now I'm facing this. I, I thought it was over. How much are you going to take me through? Uh, don't y'all clap too hard if you're married. But you're saying, why me, God? I know you're saying it. I know you're saying it. Don't have to clap. Raise your hand. I know you're saying it because I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not going to share it. I'm not going to share it. And so I have to, you have to go through these challenges. Another mountain, another river, another cross. Another crossing, rather, not another cross. This time they are facing the Jordan and not the Red Sea. And they are trying to get to the promised land. But now they have something else in front of them that seems to be hindering them. You ever cross one obstacle to be faced with another obstacle? And if we be real and honest and transparent, we get tired of facing obstacles. You ever got tired of praying? I need some real people here. You, you ever got tired? I need for you to let down your hair, right, or take it off. You know, you get, you get, you get tired. You, you get tired of praying over some similar issues. Not the same issue over similar issues you get tired of praying for finances to come your way and from other areas and help you advance in the financial system you get tired of praying you get tired of coming up here asking people to give and donate to the food pantry when we all should be here trying to feed the hungry you get tired of people trying to get them to advance into the vision and mindset that God has placed before you and have given you a great leader a great visionary to say this is where we're going because we've crossed one red sea and now there's a Jordan standing away and where are the people where are God's people I'm going to tell you where they are we're still with the same gripes and still complaints and same moans and same groans we're just like the Israelites Uh, let me share this. Uh, if we're going to come to into tomorrow's blessings, listen to me. If you're going to come into tomorrow's blessings, we must first get beyond today's battle. Mm -hmm. How is interesting to know that Israel had to battle their way out of Egypt. And not everyone was satisfied. Let me say this. You can't satisfy everybody. Why, pastor? Because the Bible says that some of them wanted to return to the pots of Egypt. They preferred food over newfound freedom. Ooh. They preferred something of the past 
over something new that was going to set them up for the rest of their lives. You know anybody like that? This is why I tell people, listen, you're struggling with your credit. You got stuff all over the place. And I had this conversation with about 25, 30 people. If you're struggling in this place, and guess what? You're like, I don't know what's going to damage my credit. Your credit is already busted. If you apply for it, if you don't get it, guess what? You ain't lost nothing because right now your credit is saying you ain't got nothing. And you struggle and challenge with your faith. And God said, okay, okay. If you won't do it by faith, do it by logic. What do you have to lose? <laughs> what in the world? You know, you know, if we can't get it through the spiritual side, then we got to come. Sometimes you got to break it down to the logical sense. Okay, okay. Let's look at the numbers. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. You ain't got enough to do that anyhow. So why not go ahead and apply it? If you don't get it, guess what? You're still at one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Because that's what you started with. Uh, Pastor, I don't know if I should do it or not. You ain't got nothing to lose. Ah, uh, man, I want, I want to go somewhere else with that. You ain't got nothing to lose. But, but, but let me say this. Let me say this. Uh, you can't satisfy everybody. These folks want to go back. Uh, they want to go back to the food that they were eating. And they wanted to go back instead of having this newfound freedom and I'm going to make a public announcement so listen here because there's always something in the way when you decide that you're going to live God's way ah, this is not the Red Sea they crossed the Red Sea with Moses this isn't just some river flowing no 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 this is this is it's not the wilderness but this is the Jordan that's at flood stage the Jordan was was at a stage that was a record of all time. It was at flood level. But if God can get you through a Red Sea with Moses, what makes you think that God won't get you through your Jordan in your life? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You see, it's, it's, not, it's, not, it's not the size of the matter that gets in the way. No, 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 no. But it's the actual size of our faith that allows God to get us through. Can I preach this? God has already promised that he will make a way. And if God promised it, it shall come to pass. Uh, let me tell you this. Let me, let's go. Let's get up out of here. Prophesy to your neighbor and say, God is going to get you through this. God is going to get you through it. So whatever crisis you are facing, you need to understand that God is with you and that God is going to get you through it. I'm trying to show you this morning and sow into your spirit that what Joshua does in chapter 4 is that he takes 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan for each tribe and from the historical perspective. This is the prelude to their past. Oh, let's talk pastor, which is also symbolic to their past. Did you know that when they were caught in the prelude of their past, that they did not have to ask who I am or who I was when they were called in the prelude they didn't question me they never even referred to themselves as the children of God and so what God has to do is he has to make sure that they knew that they had a new awareness concerning who they were what are you talking about pastor I'm saying that God had already done it and while they were in the thick of things they lost who they were while they were in the thick of things 
they lost that they were saints of God they lost that they were real children of God all because they were going through something and that's how we are we go through things, we go through challenges we go through life, we go through these phases and we get to a place where we don't know who we are, we look in the mirror and still don't see ourselves, well you shouldn't see yourself in the mirror, you should seek God, because if you see yourself, God is nowhere in the midst And so, God did not define them by the context of their slavery. But God defined them by the power of his miracle. Oh man, he's about to let them know who they really are. He's about to give them a new awareness. The Egyptians created their pain. But God, but those who, watch this, oh, I feel like going somewhere else. The Egyptians created their pain, but those who created yesterday's pain does not get to control tomorrow's blessings. Oh, I want you to understand this this morning. You got to stop letting people control your tomorrow. And that's why you ought to learn how to shout. Because people who are against you today don't have an investment into your future tomorrow. Why, Pastor? Because God intervenes and he hears our prayers. And God handles things. The ways of the wicked is later for the righteous. I'm not ready to go yet. Let me, let me, let me, let me teach a little bit. Let me. Whoa, almost went off. And so, and so these stones, they represent, they represent the prelude to that past. And now they are walking through, and the Bible says that the Jordan was at flood stage during this time. And the Bible says that the priest stepped into, said the priest stepped into the water, watch this, with the Ark of the Covenant. They stepped into the water with the Ark of the Covenant. And the Bible says that immediately, somebody say immediately, the water stands up on both sides and here now God is leading them through the Jordan don't you remember that God said to the children of Israel stand still and let the Lord fight your battle that's what God told Moses and the Egyptians you see today you will not see tomorrow and I believe that some of us here can testify that if it had not been for the Lord who was on our side we would have never stepped into the water if it had not been for the Lord who was on our side. We never would have stepped into the relationship and the relationship that you didn't think was for you blessed you and the home and the car and the ministry and the church that you didn't think was for you. You sized it up. You dressed it up. You said it's not for me. God said go. Stand still. Let me fight your battle. Don't give up on it yet. Don't file foreclosure yet. You're not bankrupt yet. You're not bankrupt until I say you're bankrupt. Let God fight your battle. Let God pay the bills. Let God fight your battle. 
what I want us to understand is that the enemy doesn't have any power. He only has what you allow him to have. God's got all power. And when the enemy comes in like a flood, I heard a song say, God will raise up a standard. God has a way of letting his people know that there's nothing too hard for him. God will fight your battle. God will bring you through it. In verse 8, y'all sit down. I'm going to teach a little bit. Verse 8, Joshua sets up 12 stones that had been in the middle. Y'all hear this now. Joshua sets up 12 stones that had been in the middle of the Jordan. And that's where some of us are. We're in the middle. <laughs> oh, we're in the middle, and this is the reason why you ought to shout and praise God, because this means at least you are making progress. Tell somebody, I'm progressing. I'm not where I started. I'm not where I used to be. I'm not where I want to be. But God is advancing me into my future. God's advancing me into my destination. I'm in the middle of things. And the good thing about being in the middle is that God is all around me. The enemy's coming. And God is around me. I think I'm trapped. God said, this is where I want you to be. I need you to stand still and see my salvation. They're in the middle. They're in the middle of things and they're struggling. Oh, they're in the middle of things. And one thing about being in the middle of something is that you're closer to your finish line. I want you to tell you that not to give up. Don't give up because you're in the middle. Don't give up because you've been standing there for so long. God says, I'm advancing you. I know you can't see to the end of the tunnel, but I come to tell you there is an end of a tunnel. I know you can't see no light, but I come to tell you that I am the light of the tunnel. As long as you keep advancing, you may not see me. You may not hear me. You may not fear me. But if you keep advancing, keep your eyes on me. Stay focused. I am the light at the end of the tunnel. Let me help you out. This is what it says here. Somebody's in the middle of that middle land. They're in the middle of a heartbreak. Somebody's in the middle of a divorce. I'm coming on your row in a minute. Somebody's in the middle of a sit back, set back. Somebody's in the middle of leaving the church. I know you are. You ain't got to come to me. Somebody's in the middle of losing your mind. But listen right here. You're halfway through and God has brought you this far. And in fact, he's brought you a mighty long way. I'm trying to declare to you that God is going to take you all the way. Don't let the devil mess up your mind. Fill your mind with doubt. Fill your mind with fear. Fill your mind with the struggles of your past. Fill your mind with people. Fill your mind with heartaches. Fill your mind with depression. Don't you allow the devil to place people in your life to take your life. They're sliding in telling you they're prayer warriors. They're sliding in telling you they're going to help you fight this battle. Really though, they're trying to see who you are. Trying to be in your business. Don't worry about the people. Don't 
worry about the folks saying they're going to pray for you. You need to seek the Lord because he's your light and your salvation. Who shall you fear? He's the strength of your life. You should never be afraid when the wicked, even my enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat up my flesh. The Bible says that they stumbled and they fell. The foes about to fall all around you. I'm about to I'm about to make somebody mad y'all sit down I'm coming to a close I'm about to make somebody mad you've been taught that it was Moses that led them out of the Red Sea and you've been taught that it was Joshua that led them out of the Jordan but I come to tell you let's go through some hermeneutical study right now I come to tell you I know that's what you've been taught I know that's how we preach it I know that's how we teach it but let me help you this morning it wasn't Joshua it wasn't Moses but it was God God led them out of the Red Sea God led them out of the Jordan God's just using you as a vessel to take the people across God said I did it I'm doing it won't you let me do it prophesy to your neighbor and say God is going to get me through this
see some of y'all that was giving up he allowed me to see it I'm gonna show you testimony they getting up they're walking they're stretching their hands they're praising God won't they do it Uh, I know I got a piece this evening, but I can't let today go without encouraging somebody who's at the edge of their seats, who represents that you're at the edge of your cliff. I'm telling you today, don't you give up. Don't you leave the ministry, not to please the pastor, not to please another servant, but to please God. Stay where God planted you. Stay where God planted you. See time and harvest. Right now is a working season. Right now is a tilling season. Harvest is coming. Harvest is coming. He is gonna rain. He is gonna rain on your life. Give God praise. Somebody said, I got to eat some biscuits before we go to the other church. I thought you were fasting. This is what God does. He takes them into the promised land. He lets them meet a prostitute by the name of Rahab. Rahab covers them. Rahab gives them what they need. I've come to tell you there are going to be some people that God sends into your life that are unconventional smell good, who don't look good, who don't even go to church. God's going to use them to bless you. If they are obedient, God will pull them out to bless them. He takes them into the land. Let them see the land. Let them hang out with a prostitute. He says, I can't let you go into the land. Bring me down. I can't let you go into the land like this why pastor because if you go into the land and you haven't changed your mentality you'll live like they're living you'll compromise the gospel i've got to teach and train you in the midst of the four walls before you go out i gotta teach and train you come here disciples one day jesus said while you're waiting terry i'm gonna send a comforter and when he comes you'll be ready to start ministry when he comes you won't sound the same when he comes you're gonna preach better you're gonna teach better not only that you're gonna do it with power when all power has come over you you will be able to change the land when the Israelites got into the land he says I'm gonna change your mindset the way they're living in the land flowing with milk and honey is not the way I want you to live right now those folks don't know me right now 
they don't want to follow me I gotta get you ready because when I take you into this land flowing with milk and honey I need for you to have a mindset that you can bless me when you don't have promise but while you have promise you know how to bless me I gotta take you in change your mindset so you respect the blessings not only the blessings but you respect the blesser I need for you to learn to look at me when you don't have anything so when you have something you've been faithful over small things now I'm about to make you rulers over many I'm taking you into a land of promise if you receive that and you know you've been waiting on God act like right now you're in the middle of things you're flowing into destination look on the other side I see grapes I see honey I see milk I see land flowing somebody say it's mine it's mine it's mine it's mine touch three people say it's mine it's mine it's mine Somebody had low expectations. God says, I'm going to raise up a standard. Everything you've been praying for. Hosha, everything you've been praying for. Everything you've been praying for. is about to come to pass it's about to drop it's about to drop who's on duty come up and get this mic it's about to drop this is the word for somebody God says your waiting season I don't know who it's for God says your waiting season is over dance walk run into your promise run